Welcome to Tournament in a Tea Break from Britwatch Sports. Sports in general, Brits in particular. It's the Australian Open and we're looking ahead to the first slam of the year and we've got a quick rundown of the top seeds and how we think the Brits will go. Starting off with Andy Murray, a five-time finalist. Of course, he's one of the favourites to reach the final, but the big question is, can he actually take that final step? Can he win a slam that's eluded him for five times? People might think his momentum has stalled a little bit. He was on a 28-match winning streak that was ended by Novak Djokovic in Doha. Given the fact that Novak had to fight his way through to uh, defend his Doha title... I think we can be on to a big five-setter epic if they do meet in in the final. There's a lot more self-belief in Andy after reaching the number one. It was the best year of his career, a second Wimbledon title. He was the only person to ever defend an Olympic title. So it's going to be a tricky one for him. He's going to have to play lights out tennis pretty much from the quarterfinals onwards, from Kane Ishikori, potentially Stan in the semi-finals and then Novak. But if he can do it, this is the year for him to do it. For Djokovic, though, it's been a tougher summer. After achieving his career Grand Slam, I suppose it's understandable that his uh, motivation would drop a little bit. He was, as we've said, the one to stop Murray's 28-match winning streak. But since then, he's parted the ways with uh, Boris Becker. Uh, He still has Pepe Imaz in his team and two coaches, Marion Vida and Dusan Vemic. He's looking for a second three-peat here, and if he wins, he would actually make it a record seventh title. It's a slam that he's obviously very comfortable in. He won his first slam here in 2008, and he everything just about it suits him. So it's interesting to see whether Murray will be able to make that final step. Moving on to the th- third seed, Milos Raonic. Is this his best chance of a slam? Last year, let's face it, he had Murray on the ropes before injury struck. And injury's been something that's dogged him all the way through this season, if not all the way through his career. You know, for a big guy, he's he's had a lot of skeletal issues. He's got a new coach. Um, he's now partnered with Richard Krychek. And um, the aim is for him to be a lot more aggressive. Uh, and finish off his points. We should expect to see him come forward a lot more, but will it make a difference? He does have an all-court game. It is frustrating sometimes that he's put a lot more in that serve and big forehand combo. I don't know whether this will give him the variety that he needs to to make, make that step up, but it's a step in the right direction for him. Stan Wawrinka comes in as the winner of the most recent Grand Slam, the US Open. Can you believe that he's actually now just one Wimbledon away from a career Grand Slam? However, he's got a tricky start with Martin Clizan. He can be quite unpredictable. And Stan, on his days, and by that I mean on his off days, can be quite frustrating for his fans. He's scheduled to face Murray in the semi-finals, And I think if he can get past some of the early rounds and the early round jitters that players do have, we could be on for another epic. But of course, Murray beats him in Roland Garros on a surface that actually possibly better suits or certainly better suited Stan, until Murray became the clay court goat all of a sudden. Of course, there's local interest in a potential fourth-round matchup with Nick Kyrgios. Obviously, since the sledging incident, the pair have made their peace, but there, there will be a lot of people waiting for a little bit of goading. You can never tell which Nick Kyrgios will turn up, so it'll be fascinating to see how that matchup progresses. On to the rest of the Brits. They haven't got bad draws, but I think we can probably expect them to go out when we expect them to go out. Kyle will start with Santiago Geraldo. I think he could end up facing Djokovic in round three, and that's probably where he'll end. Dan Evans, 
showed good form to get to the Sydney final. A lot of frustration from Dan in that final. I think he felt that he really let that um, situation slide. If he got that first set, it could have been a very different story. He could face Marin Cilic in round two, and I suspect Cilic will be just too too much for him. And Bednay has been overtaken in the last couple of years by Edmund and Evans. He's almost like the forgotten man of British tennis at the moment. He could pick up a couple of rounds, but I can't see him go any further. I think this slam is going to be all about him trying to sort of regain his position uh, in the British squad. On to the women now. Obviously, Angelique Kerber finished the year as number one. She backed up her Australian Open title with the US open title as well and let's not forget that she actually made the Wimbledon final that's three slams that she uh, that she contested which which is not bad although of course the pressure is on and she's coming in with no back-to-back wins she's she's had match play but she hasn't really looked comfortable her serve has been almost Ivanovic-like in, in, in its inconsistency so it's going to be interesting to see how she actually plays herself into form. She's got a, a good start against Lesia Turenko, who is actually um, actually had to withdraw in Auckland, I think, and was feeling under the weather. So she, you know, she might have been gifted actually with a with a potentially slightly easier first round than she could have expected. She's coping well with the buzz that comes with not one but two slam wins. But it's not about the buzz now. She really has to get her game face on if she wants to keep hold of that number one. The scenarios are on the line. She has to reach the final to hold on to it, which she which she certainly can with her draw. The, the question is, will Serena be able to catch her and force her hand in the final? And of course, talking of Serena, she's tantalisingly just two slams away from equaling Margaret Court's record. But we've seen how the pressure and the hype around those records have affected her in the past. She tried to bat it away in her um, press conference, but you know, there's no denying that you know the, the chance that at least pass Steffi Graf is a, is a big one. That you know, Steffi was in the Open era, it would be maybe more of a significant record. But even so, you know, it, it is achievable for her if she wants it. Obviously, she is one to watch. Uh, she arrived very undercooked with a terrible start for her in Auckland. The weather was awful and it probably didn't give her much match play at all. She seems a lot happier now that she's been in Melbourne practising. She starts against Belinda Bencic, who, of course, has had a, a solid win over her. And Bencic has got nothing to lose. She's had a lot of injury problems. She's coming back and trying to sort of enjoy her tennis a lot more. We see that a lot in people who've, who've been out with injury a lot and come back. They play a lot more freely and they, they're a lot more appreciative of their results. This could be a one to watch. I think Serena will will win, but I certainly think she'll be pushed by Bencic in that first round. As we said, the race for number one is on again, but she needs to reach at least a final and she really needs Kerber to, to be dropped by, the round, by round three to have any chance of um, regaining her number one spot. Out of everybody, Agnieszka Radvanska has probably come in the sharper of, of all the top four seeds. She made the Sydney final, but let's face it, she was absolutely blasted off court by Joanna Conta. It was a surprising loss, actually, for somebody whose versatility has caused Conta a lot of problems in the past. There was nothing that she could do. She's actually in a tricky section of the draw, and even though she's the third seed, I fully expect Carolina Pliskova to take her out in that section. She, as I say, she is probably the the, be- the one in the better form, but I can't see her uh, progressing past the check. 
Can Simona Halep avenge an early exit last year? One would hope so, but she's also coming in a little bit match shy. She's talking a good talk, as she always does, and it's beginning to be quite frustrating. She's one of these players that I really want to have her make her breakthrough. I think of all the surfaces, it would probably be clay that she makes her breakthrough. She reached the uh, the French Open final before. I think that's where she will make her breakthrough if the weather isn't so heavy and claggy. And again, she's got a tricky first round. She's against Shelby Rogers, who stunned Eugenie Bouchard at the beginning of the season as well. So she's not to be taken lightly. Uh, and actually, surprisingly enough, uh, quite a few of us in our um, predictions had Halep as a, as a, a potential um, shock exit. All eyes, of course, are on the Brits uh, and Joe Conter, indeed. She's coming in in great form. She'd never performed well in Shenzhen. She'd always sort of gone out with just one round, maybe two. She did. She got a few good matches under a belt in Shenzhen and then obviously a great run in the Sydney final. The danger, of course, is now has she overplayed. She's described herself as match tight, but she's got a tricky draw. I mean, from the third round onwards, got uh, Wozniacki, Sibulkova, Serena Williams, you know, all that before she even gets to defend her semi-final points. It's no picnic for her, but that being said, it's not a disaster. She's already started the season playing as befits a top 10 player. So is it within her to at least reach the semi-final? I hope so, especially if Serena is a shock exit. She has a chance to to do well. Win the the Australian Open? Possibly not, but certainly um, cement her form uh, and defend her points well. Heather Watson could add to Sam Stoza's Aussie Open woes. It's not like Sam has lost in the first round every single time. She has actually reached other rounds before, but um, it just depends on whether Heather can actually deal with that tricky kick serve and put enough aggression into her own game to 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 put Stoza on the back foot. It is winnable for Heather. I do think it is winnable for Heather, but I think I think she'll probably map last maybe one or two rounds and then she's done. It's a tough start for Naomi Brody as well. She starts against Gavrilova. It's almost like a British tennis version of the Ashes with these two. I think Gavrilova was disappointed with her performance in Hopman Cup, but I also think she played herself into a bit of form in Hopman Cup. So I think Brody, sadly, will probably go out in the first round. And of course, the qualifying woes continued for um, Laura Robson and Tara Moore. They both went out in the first round of qualifying. The action, of course, gets underway at 11 o'clock Australian time. That's midnight British time. We'll be bringing you all the news and views uh, throughout the two weeks as we're in Melbourne. This has been Tournament in a Tea Break and you've been listening to Ros Satar.